Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prior to the start of today's show, I'd like to apologize for the fact that as we started recording, reports came out that potentially Odell Beckham's suspension could be overturned. It has since been confirmed by Adam Schefter that the suspension has been upheld. So I apologize for the slightly hysterical nature of the first two or three minutes of this podcast. I promise we don't spend too long on the subject. We do revisit it a couple of times through the show, but it is confirmed against the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. Odell Beckham will not play. Let's get on with the show. Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours and the NFL has literally lost it. We're hearing in literally the last two minutes from Ron Jaworski that the Odell Beckham suspension has been overturned. It's not confirmed. We'll bring you news as the podcast goes on. We'll preview all the Week 16 games as the entire playoff picture pretty much can be clinched and we'll talk all about Pro Bowl snubs. This is the Gridiron Show. I reckon one time as a Christmas treat, we should film ourselves doing that dance. Oh, we really should. (laughs) Do you mean for next year? Because this is the last show before Christmas. Uh, Yeah, as a post-Christmas treat. A post-Christmas treat. A New Year's treat or whatever it'd be. Do you mean a New Year's nugget? A New Year nugget, why not? Uh, Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. And we have a banger of a show coming up. We're going to preview every single Week 16 game because we love you and it's Christmas and you deserve that in your life. Yeah, okay. Uh, we're <laughs> uh, we're going to review some of them in some more, preview some of them in some more depth than others, obviously. Uh, later on, we may or may not bring you an interview with Saints linebacker Stefan Anthony. The interview is already done and in the can. I'm going to see how long this podcast runs because the main reason we speak to him, obviously, the Saints are out of the playoffs and not in the picture. He's had a great rookie season, but his Clemson Tigers are in the uh, in the semi-finals of the playoffs, undefeated this season, had a great college year. So we talked to him all about that. So maybe we'll save that back till next week ahead of those games on New Year's Eve. We'll play it by ear and see how long this show goes, but we may have an interview with Stefan Anthony. We might play it to you next week. Um, and loads of news to talk about. And, of course, the Pro Bowl uh, uh, voting happened this week. And, to be honest, me and Ollie, and if you've been... A, we're a fan of the old show, and you heard us before, have always rallied against the Pro Bowl, particularly the way it's voted for. And the kits. Look, we're fans, and we understand that us fans are idiots, and we can't really... And this year, the Pro Bowl snubs are even more so than any other time I've seen in the past. So what we decided to do is to prove that Pro Bowl voting doesn't work. We've made a near-all-pro-quality team from players not going to the Pro Bowl. And I still think it could win. So Ollie is going, uh, Ollie is going uh, offense on it. I've gone defense. We asked you on Twitter as well, at Gridiron, uh, at gridiron-magazine.com as well for more content on there uh, while I'm doing the plugging. Uh, so yeah, we've asked you, we got your opinions, we've given our opinions and we've gone through and done all of that. But before we get to anything else and all the nonsense and everything else, we've really got to talk about the fact 
that in reportedly literally in the last 20 minutes ron jaworski has said that we know it, it started about uh, four hours ago uh, odell beckham's hearing has seen his suspension for one game overturned when we last spoke he hadn't even been suspended we were speculating over it uh, a few hours later he was suspended for a single game josh norman for his role uh, in the same incident was fined twenty six thousand and forty four dollars to be specific for his role in the incidents i think that was about right the homophobic slurs apparently haven't been discussed as part of this and ron rivera has said that the panthers will no longer bring baseball bats to the field so all of that is kind of rounded up but massively Despite the fact that Dean Blandino has admitted that Beckham's actions warranted ejection, in a game they have to win, they he could be no longer banned for that instance. So that's absolutely crazy. And obviously, the, the impact of it, I mean, we, we had a fantastic article, to, uh, point made by Big T on Twitter. Um, the fact that this week we've also had news that the NFL have reportedly withdrawn funding for a CTE study, uh, according to Outside the Lines, who do some really great, great investigative, great investigative journalism work, <laughs> who do some really great investigative journalism work uh, the 30 million dollar grant the nfl handed at nih 2012 16 million of which was going to be used for a boston university study has now been pulled so the the league consistently claims that head injuries are the top of its list and the most important to it and then we've had two big bits of news in the last few days which would suggest that that might not be the case it's unsurprising i mean the way that we, you know, we work within the NFL now, uh, we've been studying it, we, we, um, we hear everything that comes out of, 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 um, out of the NFL when it comes to head injuries and everything else. Does any of this ever surprise you anymore? And that's, isn't that a sad thing? There's been a lot of talk as well about the Cody Wallace hit on David Bruton. And to be honest, I almost entirely forgot about that hit because we talked so much about uh, Odell Beckham. So I apologise that that wasn't mentioned on the last podcast. But he's not going to be banned for that either. Just going to see a suspension. Um, There's a part of me that understands that the NFL need to stick within their remit, particularly with what's happened previously over the last couple of years, and need to make sure that, because it's a first-time offence, they stick with what the precedent they've set out is and what the rules state and everything else but as lots of people said at the time i think you said on the last show as uh, i think josh norman said himself the tape doesn't lie and anyone can see that that head hit was dangerous and the idea has been overturned and look what we will do is we'll drop this here now and at the end of the podcast we'll just pick it up and we'll check in and it's going to be like an hour or so later to see what news there is from whether or not he has been suspended so at the moment we're hearing reports that he has had his suspension overturned. It's not been 100% confirmed yet. D- depending on who you look at on Twitter, they're saying different things. So hopefully in an hour we'll have more of an answer on that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, Brad Wing has come out. The uh, the uh, <laughs> He's not come out out. Wow. Uh, but he's, that is big news. But uh, the, the, the punter for the New York Giants has, said, has come, come out and said that um, a, a practice player was holding a bat uh, Beckham said, why aren't you playing? And the practice player said, uh, I'm the reason you're not playing today uh, and on other days as well. End quote. So, look, th- that could be part of what is going to be heard at this hearing. And, you know, he was provoked or whatnot. You could see the reaction and the reaction is over the top, really, for whatever 
was said to him beforehand. You know, he's a bit like uh, Zinedine Zidane and Marco Materazzi. <laughs> nice. It's a Excellent bit like that. Work. Excellent work. Uh, the other big bit of news that happened in the NFL over the last couple of days, and a man who we got a chance to interview when he was playing over in London last year, an absolute gentleman, and one of the true greats to play at the position. I mean, when you announce your decision to retire, and maybe the two of the greatest defensive backs of all time, in Ronnie Lott and in Rod Woodson, come out and claim that you are in the top three, basically with those two guys, all-time defensive backs then you know you've had a great career as Charles Woodson announced he's going to retire at the end of the season a lovely man when we met him incredible player the way that uh, after 30 he switched from being uh, a a pure corner to being a corner safety uh, the way that he's developed in that position the fact that he's got all these uh, awards that he's had lavished on him you know he's a guy who when he hit the free agent market in 2006, sat as a free agent for a number of weeks, and nobody at that point would have expected he'd gone to have a Hall of Fame career. People now see him as a nailed-on first ballot guy. There's only so much love we can really give him, and actually, uh, he's a guy who's played the most games. I think he's the second most games all time after Darrell Green, formerly of Washington. And we've actually uh, reached out to Darrell Green to speak to him about the fact that Washington are coming over next year, and had a couple of nice emails backwards and forwards. So that's an interview we hope to bring you in the off-season and we'll ask him about uh, Charles Woodson as well but what a player uh, and I'm sure everyone would agree when we say that like he's going to be much missed in the league and I'm sure whether he goes on to coaching whether he goes on to announcing whatever he does he's going to be amazing because he is amazing I, re- I reel a few things off Super Bowl champion yeah. nine times Pro Bowl it's a shame four he has times... Super Bowl championship with Green Bay but there we go how dare you four <laughs> times all pro three times uh, first team all pro that is NFC champion AFC champion. He was the Heisman Trophy winner, a national champion was in college. Was he like the first defensive player to win the Heisman as Something well? Something like that. It's madness. First and he team, beat, and he beat Peyton Manning to it. Most importantly, which is wonderful. First team All American. He's second at all time uh, for interceptions going for tu- going back for touchdown pick, pick sixes. sixes. It, otherwise known in the trade he's, <laughs> he's joint first with 13 all defensive touchdowns I mean this guy is a living legend uh, uh, guaranteed Hall of Famer I love him. And what I really love is what we're hearing is on the Raiders-Chargers game, which is Thursday night football, Friday morning football, Christmas morning football. So for those of you who are waiting up to see it here, Santa coming down the chimney, the click-clack of Rudolph's hooves on your rooftop, then you'll get to watch Charles Woodson in what, I think it was his final home game as a Raider, I think they're on the road in the final week, and he uh, may line up at wide receiver incredible it's not something they've absolutely ruled out uh, bill musgrave has said it's been in discussions pretty much since the start of the season about the potential of lining him up on the offense it's something that he did earlier in his career uh, something he did towards the end of his time in the maize and blue at michigan uh, racked up more than 300 receiving yards and three touchdowns in his heisman trophy season uh, just a wonderful wonderful player can't say enough good things about him wouldn't that be amazing if he did get a touchdown as a, an offensive player? I oh, wow. Absolutely love that. You know how we love on Gridiron uh, players doing things that are not becoming of their position. A bit like a quarterback recovering a fumble. Or uh, an offensive big fat guy scoring a touchdown. Fat guy touchdowns. <laughs> well, what about a cornerback being a wide receiver? Wow. More and more, just so you know, more and more and more uh, reports coming out of Odell Beckham Jr.'s suspension being overturned. Nothing confirmed by the league yet, but more and more. And Adrian Peterson, who said that the suspension wasn't warranted. Uh, AP, I think you're someone who probably should keep your mouth shut on this matter.
Always open. <laughs> Always keep it shut. Uh, forever and ever more. Coming up later in the show, as we said earlier, we're going to be going through our Pro Bowl, uh, our, our Pro Bowl snubs all pro team and i think you'll find it's a great team that we've put together ollie on the offense me on the defense but week 16 is going to be absolutely vital to the nfl pretty much every scenario can be in fact i think every scenario can be decided this weekend uh just bar nfc north seeding i think it is which what's ridiculous about this weekend is that if the favorites win in every game and the afc wildcard picture gets decided the Sunday night late game next weekend could be the Vikings against the Packers in a game to decide who has home field advantage when the two of them play each other the following week in the playoffs. <laughs> Incredible. Because they'll be guaranteed to be the fourth and fifth seed already. Uh, the, sorry, the... Uh, third and sixth seed. Yeah, whatever it works out to be. Uh, yeah, the third and sixth seed, because the Seahawks will be guaranteed to be playing the rubbish NFC East team. Oh, the whole thing is... The NFC utterly, what team? Yeah, oh, the NFC disgrace, I do apologise. Yeah. So there is a possibility that we could have that flexed into the Sunday night game because it's going to decide who plays at home the following week when they face each other again. Amazing. And it's, in any case, it's at Lambeau uh, Sunday week anyway. So, wow. Ridiculous. <laughs> Utterly ridiculous. But let's go through. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about who will clinch what this weekend and preview some of those games. Uh, and we'll run through the games that are obviously playoff relevant, first of all. AFC or NFC to start, Ollie? AFC. Lovely, because it's a much more interesting division right now. Uh, the New England Patriots currently sit in the one seed, and they will clinch the one seed if they win this weekend, or if they tie and the and the Bengals either lose or tie. They face the New York Jets in New York, and this oh. really is not a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. The Jets at nine and five have been impressive. They're desperate, particularly over recent weeks. Ryan Fitzpatrick has stepped up to the plate in a big way, and they will be desperate to win here because. Because they're in the AFC wildcard picture themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and especially losing to them so badly um, earlier on in the year as well. The Patriots are, are, are getting a bit of their mojo back. Rob Gronkowski's back. Uh, Danny Amendola. Oh, okay, he came off with a slight strain and he's been limited practice so far this week. Um, he'll be back. James White is getting more touches on the ball. You've got all of those defensive players in for for the New England Patriots as well, many of which uh, have been picked for uh, for the Pro Bowl, uh, which is by the by. But uh, Chandler Jones, who we spoke about on last week's pod, I I really really like and the way that he's playing at the moment. This is a really really good game from the Patriots side, and when you look at the New York Jets side, some of the stuff that they've got, they've got two of the best wide receivers in currently going in in the NFL in Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, Chris Ivory's slight starting to get a little bit of mojo back, and yeah, as you said, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's starting to look a, a bit more like a, a, an NFL quarterback, which isn't going to make too many mistakes. Because we can't not play it. Uh, yeah, and, and that's my kind of feeling on this, is whilst I'm leaning towards taking the Patriots just because it's the Patriots, the injuries still continue to be an issue. And if they're going to lose a third game this year and keep things interesting, I think this is the most obvious one for them to lose. I think what Todd Bowles has done this year has been absolutely phenomenal. I really like I, He deserves a huge amount of praise uh, for what he's done since joining them as head coach. I think they're good on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I... I the quality of the receivers and what they do with Rob Gronkowski is going to be absolutely huge. And actually, the Patriots are already talking about whether they're going to be resting players or not for both this week and for Week 17. So this is one of the most fascinating matchups of the weekend. Ollie Hunter, who'd you got? 
I, I want the Jets, but I've got the Patriots. Because I think it'd be really Jetsy for them to lose. I, too, have taken the Patriots, although uh, I've got, what, like a three-game lead at the top of the Picks League on uh, gridiron-magazine.com. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick safe. I'm just letting people know out there, listen to what my picks are, maybe pick against me in those in these sorts of games. If you want to try and make up that lead, I'm listening to yeah. you, Sandbox. Pick or twist, Sandbox. <laughs> pick or twist, I like that, uh, in a big, big way. Uh, the 11-3 and Cincinnati Bengals travelling to the 10-4 and Denver Broncos, who, of course, suffered that horrendous loss last weekend. Uh, Cincinnati will clinch the AFC North division with a win this weekend, or if Pittsburgh lose, and they'll also clinch a first-round bye with a win. For the Broncos, they clinch the AFC West division with a win plus a KC loss, and they clinch a playoff spot it's all sorts of things. Basically, with a win and a loss for the Jets or the Steelers or KC, clinches them a playoff spot. I mean, it's the West if it's KFC. It's KFC that loses. Uh, the you Kentucky hungry, Fried mate. Chicken Chiefs. Uh, the Kentucky Fried Chiefs, yeah. The Kansas City Chief Kentucky Fried something or another. Just get back to where you were. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I don't know if you could because you'd completely lost me. Of Safe course. to say there are a lot of permutations hanging on this game, guys. The, Loads. The uh, the Bengals uh, have AJ McCarron under centre, of course. He looked workmanlike against the 49ers, had that one really good stretch in the final seven or eight minutes of the second quarter. Uh, for the Broncos, we found out this week that after some consternation over who was going to be starting at quarterback. Peyton Manning is uh, is going to be sitting. Brock Osweiler will be starting again. Somebody tweeted us to point out that Peyton Manning still leads interceptions in the league by two, despite the fact that he's now <laughs> sat five games. <laughs> Who's second? Rivers. Oh, who cares? It's, <laughs> it's only about Manning. But still, that's amazing. Which is uh, which is statistician for I haven't checked. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's Rivers. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Manning. I think I heard somewhere that... Um, He's still the fifth worst quarterback in the league. Out of all of them, which is incredible. That, I'm sure, who would be below him? EJ Manuel, uh, you know, Jimmy Clawson, perhaps. There are some terrible quarterbacks out there. One of them's Peyton Manning. Incredible. I would, uh, yeah. I, I'm looking at this game, sorry, um, <laughs> I'm getting fantasy football trades coming in at the same time. I'm looking at this game and I say, uh, I look at the uh, the running game of both teams, obviously we know how good this Broncos defence is, they're ranked first overall against the rush, Bengals eighth against the rush, so you can't imagine a huge amount of running. In pass defence, Broncos are number one, uh, Bengals still in the top half of the league. I, the basically what i think is this is going to be an incredibly low scoring game in mile high uh it's meant to be pretty cold but not as cold as it normally is at this time of year so expect games to, teams to try and go to the run game expect a lot of three and outs a lot of defensive stoppages and a game that's won by you know 10 to 7 or something along those lines Ugh. and in that sort of game i'm going to take the denver broncos because i think brandon mcmanus has the ability to nail them from about 60 yards when he's in mile high uh, the rookie kicker. So I'm taking the Broncos to move to 11 and four, and the Bengals to drop to 11 and four. And for that AFC picture to get ever the more interesting for Week 17, which is what you and I want desperately. However, I think the Bengals will do it. I think AJ McCarron with an extra week with those receivers, learning that playbook, bit of um, coaching from Andy Dalton on the sideline as well. I've got a f- sneaky suspicion. You've got to look at um, the the running game. Okay. That defense is fantastic at mile, uh, from the Broncos at mile high. But Gio Bernard, Jeremy Hill, they're much better than CJ Anderson and Ronnie Hillman. And I think that could be where it's decided. I'm going 
Bengals. Now, uh, looking at the Steelers, they travel to Baltimore on Sunday, obviously. One of the best rivalries in the league over the past 10 or so years. Uh, this year, the Steelers at 9-5 and five and one of the best offences in the league right now. The Ravens all the way at a lonely, lowly 4 and 10, although they've not been bad through the air, even when they've had the terrible quarterback play they've had in recent weeks. Uh, Pittsburgh will clinch if they win and the New York Jets lose, which they're against the Pats. That's very much a possibility. Uh, and they still have a chance in the AFC North if the Bengals lose as well, going into the final game of the season. Uh, it's very difficult for me to look beyond the Steelers this weekend. They're back. They're fighting fit. D'Angelo Williams continues to look good at running back. For the Ravens, whilst their rush defence has actually been really good this year, yeah. Uh, and they've had some, they've had some decent pickups in the uh, on the offensive side of the ball. We've seen Kamara Aiken look really good in recent weeks. Uh, I think just overall the Ravens have been very down this year. The Steelers' offense will get churning again, and they'll win a tighter game than recent weeks. Uh, but they'll they'll still do this by at least a touchdown. I think this has got the potential. I think to be a Steelers blowout. I really do, because that Steelers' offense is insane. Mm. Or it could be a tight Baltimore win. You you reckon the uh, the uh, well, have just, a chance? The I Steelers think, are fancied by ten. Well, I'd, I'd, yeah, okay. The, but when it's a divisional game, you're in Baltimore. Baltimore don't have much. They don't have anything really to play for apart from pride. And against the Pittsburgh Steelers, we know how close those cities are. We've driven between them, and the pride is so huge there. It could be one which really rallies, and I hate to use the word because another broadcaster use it, uses it and it annoys me, but galvanises that team and that uh, that stadium. I, I'm going a Steelers win, but do not be surprised. And mark my words that it could be... <laughs> Is this other guy from the Southwest? Yeah, mark my words, it could be a Baltimore sneaky victory by two or three. But uh, I'm going Steelers. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> by, by about 15. <laughs> the, 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 the rest of the AFC playoff picture, Chiefs and the Texans obviously still in uh, the mix. Uh, for the Chiefs, uh, they are looking for a wild card spot and they will clinch that spot if they win and either the Jets or Pittsburgh lose. I'm getting the indication from Ollie. Don't worry, it's coming, buddy. <laughs> Two months ago, this team had fallen to a one and five start. They came into London at two and five, left us at three and five. And this weekend, they get to face the league worst Cleveland Browns to see if they can extend that winning streak to nine straight games. They've averaged 29.8 points down that run, whilst allowing 12.3 in that undefeated skid. And they have the seventh best rush defense in the league. The one area the Browns actually looked half decent last week with, uh, with Isaiah Crowell getting going for the first time in some time. The Browns at 3-11, the Chiefs at 9-5. and five. This does not even look like a footballing contest. The line is set at 12.5 points, and I think the Chiefs blow the line. This is going to oh, be that's generous, a big home win. I think they're being really generous on the Browns there. <laughs> huge. It's almost two touchdowns, and yeah. we're considering it generous. Oh, it's huge. I think this could be something like 40 points to seven uh, <laughs> Chiefs over the Browns. I love the Chiefs. Love what they're doing on the ground. Kendrick West, Spencer Ware, uh, whoever else they managed to plug in. Love all of that stuff. 
I'm going Chiefs. And then finally, in the AFC South, and we can actually see both of our divisions of disgrace with a winning records team. Not by, well, by the end of this weekend, and then obviously potentially guaranteeing the team is at least 500. As the Texans, currently at 7-7, and leading the AFC South, travel to the 3-11 and Tennessee Titans. Four quarterbacks have finished with vict- victories this year uh, for the Texans. That's absolutely ridiculous. Wow. Of their seven <laughs> wins. And they're unsure if it'll be Brian Hoyer or Brandon Whedon this weekend, whilst the Titans look like they're going to have Zach Mettenberger under centre. The Texans will clinch it with a win uh, or a tie, and the Colts lose in Miami, a scenario that many would have envisioned when they opened at 1-4. and TJ Yates suffered that torn ACL last week, which is why we've got this quarterback conversation going on. If I can't go. Brandon Whedon makes his first start for Houston after starting two games in Dallas in place of Romo. Whedon to do it in Tennessee. I think the Texans go 8-7 and seven and we get a team at least with 500 winning the South this year. Oh, I don't know. Whedon's terrible when he starts. He's awful. Oh, he's he terrible him, full stop. He's terrible full stop, but he doesn't win when he starts. But then you've got Metzenberger. <laughs> I'm going Tennessee. I think Zach Mettenberger is one of the better backups in the NFL. I'm going Tennessee. Uh, it's not saying a lot in a season where there's been a lot of backup. Play. A load of backup. Do play. you know what? The Cowboys would kill to have had Zach Mettenberger this year. They really would have. I, and I th- I'm not saying he would have taken them to the playoffs, but he would have made them much more competitive in the terrible NFC. With that gun. Yeah, with that gunner, one. with the gun, B- big old but incredibly inaccurate arm. <laughs> Bang! Uh, so that's the AFC playoff picture. Obviously, the Colts are still in it as well in the AFC South, but we'll get to those games in the kind of any other business section. Uh, let's talk about the NFC. And at the top of the NFC, Carolina can clinch the number one seed with a win this weekend or an Arizona loss. And oh, it's all right because they're going to the seven and seven lost whatever it is seven of the last nine game Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, no one knows because they're so up and down it's so inconsistent it's they're, really odd they finally pulled out a win last weekend in Jacksonville where nobody expected them to but does anyone really think that a rolling Cam Newton can't shut this Atlanta team down and absolutely hammer them uh, for some reason I don't know why this week I've decided that betting lines are my new thing uh, it's a seven point <laughs> it's a seven point line for Carolina this weekend putting a band baseball bat aside and Josh Norman nonsense and everything else they've had a couple of tight wins recently the 38-35 over the Giants, the tight game with the Saints. Is there anything that suggests to you that this game with the Falcons could be equally tight? The Falcons have managed... They managed to win against the Jags, and the Jags are perennially uh, as up and down as the Falcons. (laughs) But I think the Panthers will be tightened up. They will be more concentrated on the fact that they are shipping all of those points. Uh, The Panthers should have... Uh, Jonathan Stewart back it's still up and down uh, as we still speak but I'm, I'm going Panthers by at least a couple of scores because I, I think they are, are, are on such a roll Cam Newton is playing so damn well and going up against that ter- terrible apart from Desmond Trufant who I think makes a sneaky appearance in your oh spoiler oh. alert whoop 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 but uh, I didn't tell you that you cannot put that. <laughs> you really can't. You can't have that at all. That's not even comparable. Yeah, sorry. That was a big Star Wars spoiler, which I've obviously beeped out now. But you I better have done that. <laughs> oh, that's one of the. I know that. Whoa! <laughs> Stop it, Ollie. Let's, no, no more Star Wars talk until later when we get your review. Uh, um, look, the fact is, is that when these two teams faced earlier in the season, uh, uh, earlier in the season, as in two weeks ago. 
it was 38 to nothing to the Panthers. Devonta Freeman managed 12 carries for 40 yards. Julio Jones was kept, well, obviously out of the end zone, there were no points, but kept quiet as well. Uh, Cam Newton was phenomenal, went for 75% completion, 265 yards, three touchdowns. The, the Atlanta, if they're not able to run the ball, cannot get anything going whatsoever. They've got nothing behind Julio Jones. I think that a seven-point line is very kind to the Atlanta Falcons, and the Panthers go 15-0 and this weekend. Exciting Woo! stuff. Let's just have an Odell Beckham check-in, as Alan M says to us on Twitter, what a farce. Any confirmation that Odell Beckham's ban has been overturned. Uh, there's been a lot of people saying it's going to happen. But... Scroll back up, that's an hour old. <laughs> it's a mix. It's it's a big mix. <laughs> Maurice Jones-Drew says, don't suspend him, it's a contact sport. It's a great picture as well. <laughs> it's not a contact sport where you're meant to attack people. <laughs> Basically, we still don't know if it's happened yet. We'll come back to it in a little while. Uh, one of the games... The funny thing is, people that are listening to this... We'll know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should edit that bit down a little bit. Uh, c- carry on for our live reaction <laughs> if it ever happens during the show. <laughs> uh, the ultimate tease. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals face the Green Bay Packers in what is the game of the weekend for me in Arizona this is an absolutely huge one the Packers at 10 and 4 uh, at the Cardinals at 12 and 2 the Cardinals will clinch a bye with a win or a tie in fact the Packers will clinch the NFC North if they win and Minnesota lo- uh, well Minnesota lose also basically Minnesota have to have a worse result than them I hate it when people bring tie into tiebreakers because it so rarely happens basically they need to beat Minnesota's uh, performance this weekend to clinch the NFC North and to stop it from coming down to that game next weekend. Ollie, are you feeling confident that you can win in the desert? Yes, I am. And I'm not often confident about the Green Bay Packers, but uh, some of my reasoning is centred around the Arizona secondary, which has lost Tyrion Matthew. Is that his name, Matthew Matthew? I quite like how you said it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's from (laughs) Game of Thrones, Tyrion Matthew. Matthew. (laughs) Um, He's a leader, he's the organiser, the, the, one of the main things about Green Bay and their wide receivers, they haven't been able to manage to get any space, any separation. Without someone like him organising the secondary, although it does have Patrick Peterson, uh, I, I think that does give a slight edge to Green Bay in that respect. I'm worried about uh, Green Bay's off, uh, Green Bay's rushing, Eddie Lacy, James Starks, but I am quietly confident, Yeah. I, th- I I genuinely think that's fascinating. Uh, I, I I'm I, shut up. Uh, <laughs> well, look, we know that the Cardinals last year they had a real issue with the uh, with the fact that Carson Palmer went down, missed ten games. They went two and four after a nine and one start and collapsed. They lost the wild card game to a, a Carolina t- Carolina team with a losing record. This year, them and Carolina have a chance to secure the bye this weekend. I think that they will do exactly that. David Johnson so impressive last weekend to yeah, keep him rolling, and obviously Tiramatu is a huge huge loss uh, at the safety position but what we talked about earlier this week with the Cardinals depth chart uh, and it looks like he's going to be back this weekend is that on the other side of that safety conversation the man who has done so well for them is Rashad Johnson and Rashad Johnson is like the quarterback of that defense and whilst Terry Matthew 
What's amazing about him is he can line up at outside linebacker, he can line mm. up at safety, he can line up at nickel corner, he can rush the passer, he can work in coverage. He's one of those guys who plays all over the field. I just think they've got the depth elsewhere. You know, DJ Swearinger can play more snaps, Justin Bethel can play more snaps, Gerard Powers can play more snaps. And I, think, I suppose they're fresh as well. Yeah, uh, I think with, coming in fresh. Rashad Johnson coming back and being able to run that uh, that uh, defense against a Packers team whose play calling has been somewhat predictable this year, mm-hmm. and with the depth they've got there. I think they've got enough to handle it without him, even though he is clearly one of the best players in the league. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, you've, you've just killed my buzz. <laughs> yeah, cheers I, for that. I'm really, honestly, sorry about that. Look, the, the problem is... <laughs> is that, once again, what is it with your insincerity whilst you're reading a screen at the, the same yeah. time? You're <laughs> the, an absolute disgrace. The Packers' defence have looked better in recent weeks, and uh, with, whilst we're doing some, uh, some little teases for later, there might be a Packers defensive lineman who makes an appearance on my Pro Bowl snubs all-pro all list uh but was it mike daniels uh, uh, damn it (laughs) (laughs) but arizona ranks seventh in overall total defense the uh green bay offense haven't impressed recently and i think the cardinals win this and actually i kind of think they win it comfortably uh no i've got green bay winning it by a touchdown Mm, you're wrong but there we go (laughs) it's rose tinted spectacles we've mentioned it already there's a couple of teams involved in this playoff game though minnesota playing the new york giants the new york giants maybe with odell beckham should we go back to twitter no that didn't really work last time Uh, the giants travel to minnesota maybe with their uh, star receiver they need a win maybe not to have any chance winning the nfc they have to win this weekend hope that uh, and then go into that final game with a chance of clinching that playoff berth the minnesota vikings have a chance to clinch here with a win they clinch a playoff spot or an atlanta loss or a seattle win all of those so uh, overall it's very likely that they're going to be making the playoffs this weekend the main thing is it's in their hands they need a win do you know what i love about this it's the the second worst passing offense going up against the worst passing defense Amazing. What's going to happen? I don't know. Um, I, I, it's going to be a ground game. Vikings win tight. I don't want that to happen. I'd like the Giants to win, but hey, that's what will happen. I, oh yeah, oh, I think it might be a ground game. It's basically it's a huge amount down to whether Odell Beckham plays because the Vikings yeah. are much better in that front seven. And again, a couple of players going to appear in my list later. Uh, the Giants uh, have nobody to run the ball really, so <laughs> that wouldn't be a surprise at all. Although Rashad Jennings got a hundred yards for the first time this season last week, he will not repeat that. Uh, I am taking the Vikings at home. I have also taken the Vikings. So clinch a playoff berth. Uh, obviously the most intriguing of all the games this weekend that if the home team can get a win here and somehow the Giants can get a win over in, uh, over in Minnesota, then we could end up the weekend with a three-way tie at seven and eight atop of the NFC disgrace as Washington travel to Philadelphia. They're seven and seven. Philadelphia are six and eight. Obviously Washington, if they move to eight and seven, will have won the NFC disgrace ahead of next weekend Kirk Cousins previously turnover prone brilliant in recent weeks uh, Cousins threw for an average 237 yards he's done six touchdowns he's been great recently you know what he's done as well he's trying to trademark you like that do you like that <laughs> I, I does that mean we wouldn't be able to play it anymore no we'd still play you like that you like that
I, do, I imagine he'd put it on T-shirts, etc. I, I, what I meant to say, I was reading his old stats. He's thrown 276 yards per game, 16 touchdowns, only three picks, as his team has won five of the last eight. When he comes up against a team with a poor pass defense, he's been absolutely brilliant recently. I think he's won five of six when he's faced a team with a pass defense in the bottom half of the league. The Eagles have exactly that. I'm taking Washington to win on the road and clinch the NFC disgrace. I'm taking the Eagles, and this is why. They tend to win when you least expect it. When they're absolutely desperate to. Yeah, and they're desperate. Exactly. When it's just about about that time where, oh, Chip Kelly could get sacked. I think he might get sacked at the end of this uh, season anyway. Oh, you're crazy. But he should do. They've been terrible this year. Back-to-back 10 and 6 seasons, it would be ridiculous to sack him. They've been awful this year. All that money spent letting go of players, bringing in Kiko Alonso, who clearly hasn't worked. They're going to win this game. They're going to win it on the ground. Sack him. Ryan Matthews, uh, Darren Sproles and goal line work. Ryan Matthews has played really well over the last couple of weeks. uh, Washington ranked 28th against the run after having a really good start to the season. I, uh, but the, the player I think is the, is the X factor in this game and has been in recent weeks. 204 yards, three touchdowns over the last two games. That is Jordan Reed. The Eagles not good against the tight end. Jordan Reed is going to kill it this weekend again and the Washington team are going to win. Little spoiler, he may make an appearance on the... Uh... <laughs> Stop spoiling it! We're, we're, we're ruining it entirely. I know, I know, uh, I know. Look, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left to, left to discuss from this weekend, a couple of which have some playoff implications. For example, uh, the Seahawks, because they're in the playoffs and it will take where they're going to finish. But we're going to cover those off very briefly in a short while. Let's have a quick check-in on Odell Beckham Watch. I feel like I'm at a really nineties rave. Basically, it hasn't been confirmed either way yet. So let's keep an eye on it as we move into our all pro Pro Bowl snubs lists. Is that name too convoluted? I like it. To say it again. <laughs> our all pro Pro Bowl snubs list. <laughs> this is a list of people because it's an absolute farce looking at who uh, looking at who it is in the uh, in the Pro Bowl who hasn't made it because it's based mostly on fan voting. There are so many good players who have been snubbed. It's the thing people can complain about every year the pro bowl as a game in general since they started playing it before the super bowl and therefore losing all the players from the teams in the super bowl is a bit of a farce anyway and to prove our point that we think it's a bit of a farce we've decided to pick the best team we possibly can from players snubbed from this year's pro bowl are you ready ollie hunter i'm ready uh, I, I wasn't quite doing it in the gladiators voice but i feel like i should have done oi are you ready? Ready! Willie, are you ready? Heads or tails? Three uh, tails. Heads. Defense goes first because everyone loves defense. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. So we asked you on Twitter about this as well, and I was given the defensive side of the ball. So here is my defensive lineup of players snubbed from this year's Pro Bowl. Playing a 3-4. I've included a third corner for nickel situations, and there's a couple of players I've kind of jammed into a 3-4 system because I know their talent would work. Fine, fine. A nose tackle has to be Linville Joseph. We've talked about him on this podcast this year. There's a period in November where no defensive player was more valuable in the league. His work on the ground this year has been phenomenal. Ridiculous he's not in there. Simon Clancy, friend of the show, regular 
also pointed him out on Twitter when we asked. I think he might be the best run-stopping central tackle in the league. We say regular. When was the last time we spoke to Simon? Yeah, well, I, I spoke to him on the Five Live last weekend, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. You mentioned it already. The, the defensive ends in my 3-4 scheme, one of them has to be Mike Daniels. Mike Gudgeon on Twitter pointed it out and said that the stats don't show just how disruptive he is. You can tell he's a superstar. He's just been paid like a superstar. Four-year, $42 million uh, extension. Clay Matthews obviously has the big name, but Daniels has been Green Bay's best best defensive player this year. I'd take Gerald McCoy out for him, or maybe even Chandler Jones. That's not only popular with the Pats fans. I wouldn't um, take Chandler Jones. I think they're very similar players. I think Chandler Jones has been fantastic, but Mike Daniels has been brilliant this yeah, year. Yeah, Mike Daniels has been unbelievably good. And then the other defensive end, and I know he's traditionally a 4-3 defensive end, but he's so dominant passing the rusher. I'm taking Cliff Averill in my all-pro Pro Bowl team. Linebackers, four of them. Obviously, in the 3-4 system. Obs. Let's start off with another Viking, Anthony Barr, outside linebacker. Yeah. He rushes the passer. He'll lose blockers in the run game to make tackles. He's a difference maker in coverage. He alternates sacking quarterbacks and covering tight ends. He's the NFC's equivalent of Jamie Collins, who we love at the Patriots. And Collins was rightly rewarded with a Pro Bowl position. The outside linebacker position is absolutely loaded this year, understandably. But I'd probably take him over to Marcus Ware purely because DeMarcus Ware has only been healthy eight games. He, DeMarcus Ware, he's in there for name value, and because when he is on the field, he is a complete difference maker, but his health means I want to take the young man bar. Inside, uh, Levante David, snubbed because he's a 4-3 in, uh, linebacker in an, area, in an era when 3-4 guys are taken. He leads Tampa Bay in tackles with 126, pass breakups with 12, interceptions with 3. Uh, tackles are the fourth most in the NFL. And in a four-year career, although he's never made the Pro Bowl, he has been named All-Pro before. He's the only player in the NFL in that span with at least 500 tackles, 10 sacks, and 5 interceptions. Wow. He's a ridiculously good player, Levante David. I love him. He should be in the Pro Bowl. And the other side is Sean Lee. I don't like putting Sean Lee in there because basically Richard Graves made a big point of this. Do you know what though? I thought about it and I think he should be in there. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, he is brilliant. He has a lot of similarities to uh, Anthony... But I understand why you wouldn't want to put him in. Because <laughs> of Richard Graves. Uh, a lot of similarities to Anthony Barr because of his versatility. Transition from middle linebacker to outside in a 4-3 defence this year. But that only highlighted his playmaking ability even more. When Lee is at his very best, there are a few linebackers in the league as good as him. And when he's in that Dallas team, he makes them so much better. And the final of my linebackers is Derek Johnson. Uh, Talon Graf pointed him out on Twitter. that One of the unintended consequences of playing on one of the league's best defences is that you get overlooked when the end of season awards comes around. Obviously, people want to talk about Tamba Harley. He's in there. Obviously, people want to talk about Justin Houston. He's in there. But Derek Johnson has been brilliant this year. Yeah, I kind of disagree with you. Um, Justin Houston, obviously injured at the moment, but uh, he could come back. Is that right? Yeah, there's some hope he'll be back in time for the postseason. A couple of other linebackers who got some love on Twitter. Connor Barwin wasn't a bad shout. Uh, again, versatility is key for him. Uh, Tenniel Green tweeted the Jacks linebackers should get some love. Smith and Poz have 242 combined tackles in 2015. Clay Matthews has 258 over the last five seasons. Yeah. It's a weird comparison for him to make, but they have been good this year, the linebackers in Jacksonville. I just, the four guys I've picked as individuals have been brilliant. What about Vontae's Perfect? Vontae's Perfect. Who I really like at the, from the Bengals. I absolutely adore Vontae's Perfect, but it's a fitness thing again. Uh, he's been, since he's come back into the league, the Bengals have been, I think, in a top 10 run defense, a top uh, 12 pass defense in the time since he's been back. If he's playing over 16 games, he's an all pro linebacker. Mm -hmm. 
but he's just he missed the first seven or eight games of the season it's very difficult to put him in on that basis safety safety was really difficult just to give you some of the safeties that miss out Devin McCourty Harrison Smith Malcolm Jenkins all of whom should consider not going to the Pro Bowl a massive snub and you haven't snubbed them and I and I, you I, snubbed I, them I've well. snubbed them off our snub list oh my god but the guys that we've picked are, are real clear favourites free safety Kurt Coleman from the Carolina Panthers now I know that 10 Panthers are already going to Hawaii but it should have been 11 uh, he I mean, he may make it. He'll probably make it because of Tyrone Matthews' injury. Uh, but his seven inceptions is seven in, seventh in the uh, is second in the league this season. His nine other pass deflections, which is third amongst safeties. Uh, Samter points out on Twitter his seven inceptions are only second to Reggie Nelson. He's been an absolute beast this year. Kurt Coleman definitely in there for me, and it's strong safety. And this is the most ridiculous snub of all the defensive players. It has to be Rashad Jones. Yeah, this Dolphins. one actually makes me sick. Yeah. He's the only player on the Dolphins that's any good whatsoever. Unsurprisingly, Simon Clancy pointed this one out on Twitter, but Mike White said as well and feels like he doesn't get the national media attention. He's playing on not a very good team. This could all count, but let me just give you some stats. The three strong safeties who are going, Eric Berry, Cam Chancellor, Charles Woodson. Eric Berry has 52 tackles, two interceptions, no sacks, no touchdowns. Cam Chancellor, 74 tackles, no sacks, two interceptions, no touchdowns. Charles Woodson, 65 tackles, no sacks, five interceptions, impressive, no touchdowns. So that's why Charles Woodson's in. So you can let let him be in. And you want Eric Berry there because he's the great story. Yeah. Right? Rashad Jones, 124 tackles, 50 more than any other strong safety going. Sorry, have you read that wrong? No. I have read that exactly right. 124 tackles. Two sacks. That's two more than anyone else going. Five interceptions equal with Charles Woodson. And two touchdowns. Two more than anyone else. The numbers do not lie. Rashad Jones should be a Pro Bowl player. And if he's not in the All-Pro starting lineup, that would be ridiculous. It should be him and Tyron Matthew as the All-Pro starting safeties. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. It made me genuinely angry. And I'm, n- I'm not a Dolphins fan at all. And you've got yourself wound up about it again. I have again, haven't I? Uh, at corner, I said I took three because I wanted to take a, a slot corner as well. Uh, Darius Slay, I think, has been brilliant, as Rich points out, a shutdown corner for weeks now and helped Detroit out of a hole in a big way. I think the fact that he's risen to some prominence over recent weeks is probably why he misses out over the whole season. Ronald Darby, the rookie out of Florida State, has a, um, Marcus Peters has gone, and we love Marcus Peters. He's been great on that Chiefs defence. But he's gone because he's had lots of interceptions. That's the main reason he makes it there. But when you look at Ronald Darby's numbers, he's got the same number of passes defended with 13. He surrendered three fewer touchdowns than Marcus Peters. He surrendered 343 fewer yards and on only 19 fewer targets. He should be in there if Marcus Peters is in there, basically. Clancy will hate this, but he's rated sixth amongst corners on Pro Football Focus. Yeah, he's a great player. Yeah, uh, And then finally, Desmond Trufant. I mean, for me, this is maybe more about talent than quality this season. But he has given up something like two touchdowns in the last four years. Dominant in man coverage, very good in zone. And this is a guy who has had uh, very, very little support from pass rush. It's an underrated part of a corner's game. But the uh, Falcons have got the fewest sacks this season. That does not make your life easy for a corner. Uh, finally, just a couple of other mentions we had off Twitter. Uh, I mentioned Connor Barwin. I mentioned Jacksonville. Oh, Brandon Williams, the nose tackle out of Baltimore. Ben Braddock said that. He's a very good shout, Ben. But it had to be. It just had to be Linville Joseph at my nose tackle position. So that is my starting 11 slash 12 on defense for our all-po Pro Bowl. You've missed out a couple of players. Go on. Sam Shields. 
<laughs> I've only missed out all Packers bitch The other one's going to be Julius Peppers uh, Ha ha Clinton Dix <laughs> Sam Shields has been better than I've ever seen him this season But that doesn't mean he's going to make my I think Ha has been great this year But I'm, it, it's a homer pick Homer pick Right quarterbacks The main point is nobody from the 49ers is getting in there Even uh, though Navarro moment is actually going Yeah aren't there two in there uh, Joe Staley as well Joe Staley understandably He is one of the best left tackles in the league uh, Quarterbacks and I think uh, let's start less sexy. Let's start with your offensive line because oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Let's let, let's let's get those guys out. Get of the Get those way. guys out the way. Um, so offensive line, I, I like Andrew Norwell, Carolina Panthers. I think he's looked really good this year. Part of the team, all right. Cam's been sacked twenty-seven times, but he's not as been he's not been hit as much as he was last year, and he's been given an, that amount of time uh, to. Um, you know, to to be able to throw the ball, to get the ball down the field, to have the time to do what he to do what Cam does. So I really liked Andrew Norwell this year. Someone else who I think's been overlooked probably because of his bad past <laughs> uh, is guard Richie Incognito of Buffalo. Yeah, amongst fans, people won't want to, nobody wants to put a tick next to Richie Incognito, but he has been insanely good. for Ah, oh, so time. good. I think he's flourished under Rex Ryan. Um, Tyra Taylor has been pretty good when he's played. All right, he's got a 6-6 six six, uh, win-to-loss record, but 27, uh, 25 t- 27 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. That's something to do with the offensive line as well. And Incognito is a run-blocking guard, and Carlos Williams we saw unbelievable early in the season. Then when Sean McCoy's come back, he's been brilliant as well. Yeah, Incognito is a great shout. Yeah, uh, Michael Oa uh, is coming from uh, Liam Blackburn, another Panther uh, he's, he was second in fan votes for tackles. Which is amazing that he doesn't make it in, but Michael Orr, the blind side, uh, is not uh, a popular choice amongst uh, uh, amongst the cognoscenti of the NFL because he was so bad for the Bears. Cognoscenti, I like that. Thank you, buddy. I like that. And one you came up with, Teron Armstead, offensive tackle for the New Orleans Saints, uh, rated fourth overall amongst offensive tackles by Pro Football Focus. Are we taking what they say seriously? Yeah, but the difference is with offensive tackles, you have to kind of take them seriously a little bit. And actually, when you break down the stats that they give, it's... it's well, and the impressive. stat that you came up with, uh, three sacks and just nine quarterback hurries. Uh, on Drew Brees or whoever the other guy was. Uh, <laughs> Luke McCown. <laughs> that's him. That's him. Uh, and the other one, uh, centre Weston Richburg, uh, former second round pick, is ju- uh, has, ju- has allowed just eight quarterback pressures this season with zero hits or sacks on quarterback Eli Manning. That's ridiculous that for a centre. is incredible. That is the kind of thing that you would expect from someone playing for one of the sexier teams. Yeah, that's that's Max Unger, that's Travis Frederick, that's that kind of level of production. In fact, who is going as a centre? Frederick Khalil, Mac Pouncey. Yeah, they're all kind of big names, but yeah, I, I agree with you, that's a, that's a snap. Um, I'll, I'll quickly do special teams. Uh, Josh Brown, he's missed one uh, PCA and just four field goals. Never seems to miss for the New York Giants. He's, Shane, my, he's my man in fantasy as exactly. well. Exactly. Uh, Shane Leckler of uh, Houston for the punter, second to Johnny Hecker in the rankings. Uh, need we say more because we can't. Uh, and <laughs> um, return specialist. Hashtag punters are It's got to be Corderell Patterson. I don't know how he hasn't made it. I really like Pac-Man Jones, though. But Patterson, he's got 993 yards returning this That's year. That's pretty ridiculous. Uh, of 30 returns. Who is the returner? And he's gained a league high of two touchdowns, whereas Darren Sproles... Uh, you've got Darren Sproles, Tyler Lockett, and uh, Matthew Slater from the Patriots. They also... Matthew uh, Slater is sorry, a perennial not Ma- pro bowler. Not Matthew Slater. Uh, he's not there as a, a, a returner. He's there as a special teamer. Yeah. And my special teamer, and he's been... 
outstanding. It has, to be, has to be Jeff Janis. Jeff Janis. Jeff Janis has been ludicrous. He's been unbelievable. He had three huge special team plays in your uh, in your primetime game yeah. against the uh, Cowboys. Ridiculously good. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, if we go backwards, tight ends, it's got to be Gary, Gary Barnish. Cal on Twitter says, he scored nine touchdowns for the Browns. That's borderline MPV, M- uh, MPV performance. <laughs> you got it wrong a second time. MVP. There we go. I've written it wrong. That's why. Uh, <laughs> ahead of uh, Travis Kelsey, even if he is a friend of the show. He's been brilliant for the Browns, who've had an unsettled QB situation, Gary Barnage has. And I don't think you can discount that. I great, think he's been great. Great stat from Fancy Focus. Uh, today's episode of the Fantasy Football Focus, really good podcast, worth getting. Um, he's had 900 yards and nine touchdowns this season. How many uh, tight ends had over 900 yards and over nine touchdowns in the 2014 season? Uh, four? One, Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski. See, that's amazing, isn't it? And admittedly, you know, we've got Eifert with his 12, and we've got... we've. Had, this has been a good year for the top-end tight ends. Well, Eifert's only got 500 yards. Barnage has been impressive. Yeah, Barnage has been great. Uh, Jordan Reed is my other tight end. Oh, uh, I love Jordan Reed. Less, with a less-than-stellar quarterback, Jordan Reed has been really good. He's caught 75% of passes thrown to him and has nine touchdowns. What's great That's as well, amazing. What's great as well is after missing the four games earlier this year with the concussion, he hasn't gone out, gone out again. Last season he missed two stretches with concussion issues and it's a real long-term concern for Jordan Reed, but he's now put together a consistent run of games without an injury issue, despite taking big hits and everything else. Hopefully it's something that because they kept him out for a period of the season, he's now over because the talent is phenomenal on Jordan yeah, Reed. amazing. He is now what Vernon Davis should have been well vernon davis was five years ago uh, yeah. but vernon davis missed his prime because of crap quarterback play he got one season of it where him and kaepernick connected yeah jordan reed's brilliant uh wide receivers this is the, yeah. like the this this one person if rashad jones made me angry this makes me livid this is just a few of the names that got in touch with this person Kyle, Devin, Ben Braddock, Mike White, Alan M, Paul Hyam, Neil Dutton, Simon Clancy, you and me, everybody else, has all said one of the two Allens, Alan Robinson. 13 touchdowns! 13 touchdowns, 1,141 yards, zero fumbles, and regularly pulls off some incredible plays. How he is not there, and Calvin Megatron is there... I, I want to throw this, screw this You've up. You've got to finish reading. I've got to finish reading. All right, just, just to quantify all of that as well. He plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. With Blake Bortles. And I have got a man crush on Blake Bortles, as we all know well. But that is f***ing ridiculous. <laughs> NFL fans, f*** you. All of you. Please don't. Please keep listening to our podcast. Not so, yeah, you yeah, 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 Unless you listen to this podcast, then we love you. If you voted for Calvin Megatron Johnson... Then f you. <laughs> and you didn't vote for uh, whoever, Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson. I would also like to add uh, Julian Incrediblen. Uh, he is injured. Do you need to, to apologise to me for anything? No. But he's been, he was, before he got injured, he was brilliant this year. Definitely not Pro Bowl level, though. Uh, Next. I disagree with you. Um, Have you got another wide receiver? Uh, Doug Baldwin. Uh, Rob oh. Statton. Rob Statton has said this. Now, I'm struggling for other wide receivers. Maybe you could jump in. But he has scored... He is a, a joint leader of 13 touchdowns so far this year. Right, he is a joint leader of And he's part of the Russell Wilson revolution. Yeah, he, exactly. But that's the problem. He's part of this, the, the Russell Wilson revolution. He's got 13 touchdowns this year. But 10 of those have come in the last three, four games. Yeah, that's true. And, and this is... It's... 
the reason Doug Baldwin's not in the Pro Bowl is if he did that at the beginning of the season, he'd be guaranteed to be in the Pro Bowl. But he's done it in the last four weeks when Pro Bowl voting has come to a close. Eric Decker, I would like to have seen in there. He's had yeah, a great year Dex. this year. He's the been Dex really impressive. Ten touchdowns this year. Someone else who could have been in there, who um, I think he's got seven or eight touchdowns this year, is now injured. Alan Alan Hearns, uh, <laughs> Alan Robinson, yeah, Alan Robinson again. Two Allens, uh, so just Alan, just Alan. Uh, running back studio for that sound drop. Sorry, uh, D'Angelo Williams. He started on fire for the Steelers with Levayon out for the first two games. Had to step aside, but then shone again when Bell went on a, on the um, on IA. Nine touchdowns. And four and a half yards per carry. I think he's been brilliant this year. It's a really difficult one at running back this year because if you look at the guys that have got in there, and we haven't gone through this for any other position, but let's just quickly mention, and you look at the running backs that are in there, and it's a great group. Devonta Freeman, Todd Gurley, Doug Martin, LaShawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson, Jonathan Stewart, all of which undoubtedly are players you could argue are worthy of a Pro Bowl space. We made you make a decision on this. And actually beyond those guys, because there's been so many injuries this year, mm-hmm. and I count Eddie Lacey gaining £500 <laughs> becoming a whale as an injury becoming bigger than Mike uh, Talbot who made it as a fullback in fact perhaps Eddie Lacey should make it as a fullback yeah he should play as a guard that's what he should be playing uh, yeah it should uh, yeah, we definitely 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 should be looking at this but uh, uh, yeah D'Angelo Williams is a good shout considering the issues we've had this season the best backup running back in the league no doubt uh, and the other one is Thomas Rawls love Thomas Rawls until he went out on the IA he had racked up 840 yards at a league high league high no one else has rushed for many any more yards than him per carry at 5.6 totally outshining Marshawn Lynch Thomas Rawls will be I would say perhaps a top 12 running back pick next year in, if 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 you're drafting your fantasy leagues next year, I think it'll be. I, I, I think it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a lot down to whether or not they keep Marshall Lynch about. But yeah, you've probably got a point there. Quarterback, the quarterbacks have made it: Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Carson Palmer, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is the one in there that I'd probably say shouldn't be. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. And I know his individual play; he's had moments of brilliance. But with the offense they've run this year. And the play calling hasn't been great. Perhaps he should have taken... I know that's not all on his shoulders, but, you know, just then, But then, if you think about who you'd replace him with, I'm not sure you'd replace him. Andy Dalton, maybe, but Dalton is still Dalton. Mike White said he's led to the Bengals to their best start in years. Uh, 106 QBR, 25 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He's looked composed and lost much of that stigma attached to him in recent years. That is true. Uh, The other guy who I think has had a pretty good year, and it's only because their defence sucks, and they're in the NFC disgrace. Eli Manning, it pains me to say it, but he's had a pretty good year. 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Uh, But would I take him out of there, either of those two out of there for Aaron Rodgers? I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Eli Manning over anyone. I think Andy Dalton, it's really harsh on him to be snubbed, considering the season he's had. But we've seen some great quarterback play. I mean, Cam Newton and Russell Wilson are both guys. In fact, Russell Wilson's probably the one person who I'd say over the whole season's work might drop out for me as well, because he was bad for eight games. Yes, he was. But then he's been really good for five games. So it's kind of an up and down thing with him. But those were our list and that just well, no, I've I, got a little bit of Twitter mentions okay, yeah, uh, Jarvis Landry from Richard Walker carried the Dolphins all season makes some unreal plays would rival Odell when thrown to by an elite QB I, maybe I mean it's, there's too many tangibles there and uh, Adam Fox says Delaney Walker but it's the Pro Bowl so who cares 
<laughs> there we go. You've managed to throw it away finally. Uh, Adam Schefter is tweeting, based on everything said today, it still would be a major upset if OBJ's one-game suspension is overturned. So we might have spent a good chunk of this podcast talking about something that's not going to happen. And we're sorry if we have, but we're going to put it out there as quickly as possible. We're so don't worry NFC about disgrace. it. We're not the disgrace. We are not the disgrace. Right, I think let's um, let's agree now that we're going to save back the Stefan Anthony interview till uh, till next week and ahead of those college games because we talk so much Clemson with him. Uh, we've got... To, uh, a few more games we need to very quickly run through, uh, and let's just do that quickly now. The St. Louis Rams at 6 and 8 travel to the Seattle Seahawks at 9 and 5. Uh, the position for the Seahawks is if they can win this game, they've got a very good chance of taking that four seed and uh, of taking that th- five seed, sorry, and therefore getting to travel to none other than the nfc disgrace yeah so that's great news for russell wilson bad news for the rams they won't be going eight and eight this year under jeff fisher this is a seattle win yeah i can't disagree with you can't disagree with you there chargers raiders this is thursday night football the most exciting thing about this is getting to watch charles woodson and we've talked about that a lot already four and ten chargers six and eight raiders they've been exciting this year they've looked like a real football team but they've fallen by the wayside i think the raiders win this and maybe they've got a chance going eight and eight this year I think they have. Uh, I think they will win this. The Chargers haven't looked great. Uh, Amari Cooper has found his mojo again. Derek Carr uh, needs to throw away some of those cobwebs that he gets at the beginning of the game. Latavius Murray has got, the, I think, the fifth and most amount of rushing yards so far this year. He Actually, he's been a little unlucky to miss out on the Pro Bowl. Uh, probably not consistent enough. But uh, I will give this uh, to quite a... Con- convincing Oakland win. Just to confirm the one big thing uh, for Oakland in this and the one thing to watch out for more than anything else is Khalil Mack had that phenomenal game two weeks ago against the Raiders. Last week the Packers really really kept Khalil Mack in check. One of the best offensive line performances I've seen from a team this year. The Chargers offensive line is probably the most injured single unit in the entire NFL. Khalil Mack Go have yourself a day, boy. Uh, Dallas at Buffalo. Dallas technically still in the NFC East. They've got Keller Moore under centre. NFC what? Uh, NFC disgrace. I apologise. They've got Keller Moore in centre. Not even Keller Moore's mum believes that Keller Moore is going to win this game. This is a Bills home win. Bills home win. Best rushing offence against... Well, the sixth best rush... uh, uh, The 18th best uh, rushing defence. That's where it's going to be won. LaShawn McCoy... You go and have yourself a day. You want a disgraceful game? Let's talk 49ers at Detroit Lions. Lions win. Lions win. I hate you. Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty hard. Everyone involved in this game. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts at 6-8. Well, and, and still with a chance. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. And still with a chance at their very own playoff berth. Travel to the Miami Dolphins. They're 6-8. and eight, The Dolphins are 5-9. and nine, And these are two bad, 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 bad football teams. Oh, terrible football I honestly teams. don't know where to pick this game. I'm, I'm going to take Miami because they're at home. The one interesting thing is Lamar Miller, whenever he has a really terrible game, it seems that suddenly they go, maybe we should give him the ball more. The Colts have not been particularly good against the run this year. 25th against the rush. I'm going to take the Dolphins at home. Who's the quarterback? Uh, For which team? (laughs) (laughs) Not for the Dolphins, it's Tannehill. Who's the quarterback for the Colts? Uh, Maybe Hasselbeck, maybe Whitehurst. Definitely not Luck. I've picked the Dolphins. It's an ugly, ugly, Uh, ugly, ugly game. You make me sick. Uh, Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay are pretty much out of the NFC race. In fact, they technically, no, they did. They went out of it last weekend, yeah, in fact. They did. Uh, this is the Lovey Smith Bowl. He, uh, spent some time with Chicago. Uh, he has not been able to end their 
playoff drought in the two seasons in Tampa Bay. He's probably been saved his job this year by Jameis Winston. Chicago looking better than they did early in the season. Still don't like them very much. I'll take the Bucks at home. I'm taking the Bucks at home as well. Although well, the one thing is, Chicago have a very, very good pass defense this year, allowing just 216 yards a game. That's third in the NFL. They could give Jameis some troubles. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they could. But they were playing twice up against um, up against the Green Bay Packer wide receiving core and. I think <laughs> twice. No, they've only played once against the Minnesota Viking. Uh, yeah, they've played twice against the Minnesota Viking receiving <laughs> core as well. So that those stats could be slightly uh, inflated there. It's so. become a run-heavy division, undoubtedly, the NFC North. And finally, the Jacksonville Jaguars travel to the New Orleans Saints. These are two 5-9 and nine teams out of the playoffs, both of them respectingly. The Saints have the best passing offense in the league, though, and the Jags an interesting uh, passing defense. That's me being nice about them <laughs> very uh, nice i'm gonna take the saints at home here i've picked too many teams to win at home so i've gone for the jags away i like that that's your thought on this that there has to be some kind of balance yes brilliant uh <laughs> so that's our look at week 16 let us know what you thought of our all pro pro bowl picks as we maybe clumsily calling them um ollie you've seen star wars now i have i uh, uh without spoilers it was Thoughts. one of the. I think it's probably one of the best films I've seen in the last five years. Yes, I love what that. I loved, and this is not a spoiler. Let's go see it again now. I don't care that I've got work in an hour. Let's do it. What I love <laughs> is that it is. Uh, it's an homage to the f- the first three, or but, the. Uh, but I d- I think that's unfair because a lot of some people have taken that as a as a point of sagging off. Yes, it has some beats and some story points which are similar to the first three films. But I I like the way it turns a lot of them on its head. I love the new characters, and I've seen it three times now, and it gets better with every watching. I like. I tell you what, actually, the first hour and a half gets better with every watching. The last hour and a half is still the exciting thrill ride it is anyway. But the la- the first hour and a half is just gets better and better every time I watch. The relationships, particularly yeah. Daisy Ridley's character with everyone else. By the way, don't you just anyway. don't just love her. Adore her. Ab- she's yeah. phenomenal in this. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, what I love as well is that in the first three, most of these sort of the aliens or the non-humanoid um, uh, sort of characters we're done with special effects and stuff. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, visual effects. Well, this is all special effects. You've got kind of masks on things, and uh, you've got you've got harking back to the that that scene on Tatooine where they go into the bar. I I love loads of it. I, I just I loved this movie, it, and it. I'm starting to think about it, and it's making me feel like like sad that I won't get to watch it again for a while. I just love it. Look, there's probably going to be some uh, some showing still on right now, so why don't you go out and try and watch it again right now, and then we'll talk about it again on the next podcast and keep talking about it over and over and over again. The other question we had asked was, what's our favourite Christmas movie? Um, and mine... Is that you opening my Christmas card to you? Yeah, yeah, thanks, mate. I'd like you to read it out live on the podcast. Yeah, sure. Uh, Merry Xmas, you beautiful little hobo. Love Will and Sarah, XXX. You are a beautiful little hobo, my friend. Thanks, mate. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas to everyone listening at home. Thank you for uh, listening to the show all of this first three or four months since we've become The Gridiron Show. We didn't do a big fanfare for our 50th episode a couple of weeks ago, but we really appreciate... We had 50 episodes. Yeah, we've gone past 50. We're at 52 now. Wow. Uh, So thank you to everyone that's got in touch with us. Thank you to everyone who continues to enjoy it. And in ode to my favourite Christmas movie, quickly, Ollie, what's yours? Uh, I quite like Bad Santa. What? That's your favourite Christmas movie? Home Alone? 
You might be well. Home Alone's a good choice. I like Home Alone's choice, yeah. but clearly the best Christmas movie, Elf, is Die Hard. And so, oh, in, in to Die Hard. Let's roll this thing out with the song that ends Die Hard. The brilliant. Oh, it family the weather guy? outside <laughs> is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. Since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping, and I brought some corn for popping. The lights are turned down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you'll really hold me tight, all the way home I'll be warm. The fire is slowly dying. And my dear, we're still goodbye. And as long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. situation in the Pacific is worse than reported. The Japanese are planning something big. What's the target? Midway. From the director of Independence Day. A couple dozen planes. It's all Japanese fleet. We got the order to launch. Discover the incredible true story. Today we're going to be underdogs. Of the World War II battle. Good luck, boys. Fire! Midway. Download and keep now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.